Hi, and welcome to Facts and Blog and Podcast. I am interested, though, in the whole Y2K bit, because obviously then, uh, if, if I know it's hard to hard to believe that, uh, you know, social media didn't exist. AIM was all you had, right? We AIM were there. Instant Messenger. Yeah. That's where the prepper sort of boom was born. Sure. Prepper boom was born in Y2K. The gun industry does not get affected by the economy. Right. Economy can tank. The gun yes. industry is not affected because when people are scared, mm-hmm. and that's what happens when the economy tanks, they buy guns. Yeah. They're looking for something to make them feel safe. So this week, uh, the segment is brought to you by our friends at Wheeler Tools. We're going to be giving away one of these 89-piece deluxe uh, professional gunsmithing screwdriver sets. Want to guess your sodium intake on that bad boy? Doesn't. Sodium's good for you. Great. Do you want to guess your sodium? That's fantastic. I'm really into this canned bacon. This is great. How about this? How about you call me in about an hour and uh, (laughs) you you let me know how it's it's settling for you. Hi and welcome welcome. to the Facts and Blog and Podcast. For those of you who have been watching the podcast for a while, you may know that uh, we had Ryan Donahue from Crimson Trace on for one of our episodes to talk all things optics and red dots and some of the exciting things that CT has coming up. But I just wanted to share one of my personal favorite products of theirs, and that is their Railmaster Pro, the CMR204. So not only is it a tactical light, it's also a laser, and it has all of the industry proven technology that Crimson Trace has been known for for so many years. But they're not just limited to things like lights and lasers. They've made a big splash in the electro optics game, whether it's looking at something like a traditional rifle scope, or maybe even their new battle optic, which you may or may not have seen in some TV shows and movies recently, they have a lot to offer. So obviously you're going to be seeing some more stuff uh, of Crimson Trace popping up with us here at Facts and Firearms. You may have even seen it uh, staged on our limited edition Mustang rifle that came out in the spring of 2020. Again, lots of cool stuff from them, just like the CMR204 or anything in their Railmasters series, we would encourage you to check them out at crimsontrace.com. Hi, and welcome to episode 37 of the Facts and Blog and Podcast. We have a great show coming up for you today. Brian Flanagan from AIM Surplus is with us. He's going to be talking with us a little bit uh, about the story of AIM. How did they get started? Kind of where did it all begin? And all the ties that he has uh, in the industry. Also, uh, we dipped into Y2K, so if you're interested in chatting about Y2K and AOL Instant Messenger, we're going to hop into some of that as well. But there are some unique parallels uh, since he has been in the business so long between what we're seeing today with the pandemic and the civil unrest and what that means for firearm sales uh, and the similarities uh, that were happening even in 1999 and 2000. So Brian is going to be with us for a great conversation. Make sure you stick around for that. Also on Jay's World of Eats this week, we are giving away an 89-piece deluxe gunsmithing screwdriver set from Wheeler Tools. Uh, So make sure you stick around for that segment to find all of the ways to enter. And Jay brought in canned bacon this week. So if you uh, have never seen fully cooked canned bacon before, you're in for something. A treat, I suppose. But uh, make sure you stick around at least to get the Wheeler Tools giveaway information. And sticking with the spirit of giveaways, 
We are still in the middle of our haunt giveaway, our Halloween themed uh, prize pack that is uh, featuring a custom FX-19 Hellfire decked out in lockdown colors uh, done by our friend Tom at One-Off Coding LLC in Dayton. And so uh, it's a great prize pack, including brands like Valkyrie Leather, uh, Chameleon Bags, uh, you even have a cert pistol that's thrown in there, all kinds of stuff, a free year of coverage from our friend Sean Maloney at Second Call Defense. Uh, so make sure you go to factsandfirearms.com and uh, the pop-up will take you in the right direction. Make sure you get all of your daily entries. Before we get started, let's go ahead and hear from our friends of the podcast, and then we will move on to our main segment with Brian Flanagan of Aim Surplus. If you're looking to up your game for gun cleaning and maintenance, you have to check out the Tipton Ultra Gun Vice. Uh, this thing is amazing. It's incredibly modular, uh, pretty lightweight, but really, really heavy duty, all the way down to the steel tube frame, all these different modular pieces and parts, even the accessory trays are solvent resistant and uh, they have excellent gripping pads to make sure that you don't scrape up the gun that you're working on. They even work on things like crossbows. So if you want something that's gonna be the one-stop vice for all of your gun cleaning and maintenance needs, you definitely need to check them out. Uh, you could head to tiptonclean.com to check out all the specs, all the reviews, see some more photos uh, of this vice in action. And we're actually going to be using this particular one for some research and development projects projects uh, for some new products from Faxon coming up soon and we're excited to share both those products and the footage of the testing with you. Uh, so again, visit tiptonclean.com and check out the Ultra Gun Vice. Hi and welcome, Hi and welcome. to the Faxon blog and podcast. All right. Well, as promised, we have Brian Flanagan with us from AIM Surplus, and uh, we're, we're, I guess, closer to you now than, than we were. Right? You're definitely closer to us. Yes. And new facilities. Awesome. Just, I was blown away when I came in here. First thing I asked you was, all this is for the gun side. And yes. Crazy. Right. So Fax and Machining still at the Adwood facility and they expanded and we were expanding at the same time. So, uh, it, you know, it turned out great. And uh, we're, you know, working for the long haul, still getting settled in. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's incredible. It's been good stuff. I, I was shocked. Yeah. And it, everything is just so nice and clean. And I've been to machine shops across the industry and everything is always oily, dirty, dingy, and this place is incredible. Well, thank you. Yeah, that's something that, you know, Bob and Barry and our COO, Joey, uh, you know, they they really wanted it to be a pleasant, nice place to work. And, you know, our, our Adwood facility wasn't like it was bad. It was just, you know, it's just like when you buy your first house, mm -hmm. you know, and then yep. you have a family and then you start buying pets and yeah. all that sort of stuff. And you're exactly. just like, hey, all of a sudden this doesn't fit like it yep. used to. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're definitely excited. And uh, I'm so glad you could uh, come and join us today. Um, you know, before we get started, for those of you, uh, for those of the people in our audience that don't know, uh, could you just tell a little bit about uh, the story of AIM and, and what it is that yeah. uh, you all do? So I've grown up in the gun industry. Uh I, my dad um, opened a company called Mike and Phil's. This is back in the 1970s that when it was sold, it turned into Southern Ohio Guns. Okay. So I grew up at working at that company. Both of my parents were small business owners and they didn't really believe in a kid should stay home and enjoy summer. Yeah. So <laughs> I started at 13 working in a division of that company, which was on the import side. So I actually... My first job, which was the worst job they could do, and they literally gave it to me because I think it was illegal, um, was taking 55-gallon drums, 
of Carcanos that were, you know, they would put 10 guns, 12 guns, whatever it was, and then dump oil in it to keep them protected. So filled with cosmoline and stuff. So I would pull the gun out, dunk it in a kerosene tank. I had a scrub brush, scrub it so at least it resembled a gun because literally when you pulled it out, it was just a tube of cosmoline. Yeah. Scrubbed it down, made it look like a gun, next box. And then, you know, you're looking behind you and there's a thousand 55 gallon drums behind you full of these guns. So that was my job, you know, at 13 doing that. And when, you know, you're that kid, it was like, okay, hey, today we need somebody in packing. Mm-hmm. So I learned how to pack boxes and then, oh, hey, you know, our puller's gone. So be the guy who's pulling orders. And then it became customer service. And in the end, I did everything. Yeah. So, and I, and I grown up actually doing gun shows with my dad. So I knew everything about guns. Um, that was kind of what I was into. So it was fine. Um, but did that. So in probably 1996, my brother-in-law, Steve, who was actually at Southern Ohio Gun also, he was the uh, vice president. He decided he was done, wanted out of the gun business. You know, so many ups and downs of elections and bans and right. um, decided he was done. So he actually went out on his own. At the time I was in college and had still working at SOG. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go help Steve, you know, do what he's going to do. And we actually started off carrying cell phone batteries. Now, this is way back before cell phones look like what they did now. That's right. The actual batteries, yeah, separate yeah, charging base stations. Well, the, here was the brilliant idea. This battery actually had the prongs in it. So you could take the battery off your phone, plug it right into a wall. Oh. It was like crazy cool. That was for the old flip phones. And so we did that and we did Motorola radios and electronic stuff. And the name of the company is Advanced International Marketing back then. So AIM for short. Yeah. Uh, then we had a friend who said, hey, you know, I've got a gun deal that I need some help with. Will you guys help us? And we're like, yeah, we're not really in the gun business now. And he was like, listen, here's what it is. It's a parts kit. And at that time, it wasn't something you could sell to a distributor because parts kits weren't a thing. Right. And he said, you know, I've got all these parts kits. I have nowhere to sell it. Will you guys just run an ad Shotgun News and sell these? We were like, okay, we'll help you. And that was, and so we were actually uh, working out of my brother-in-law's house and a semi-truck pulls up and unloads pallet after pallet of M1 Grand parts kits. So these were all parts kits that were imported into Canada, couldn't be imported to the US. So they cut the receivers in half, made them into parts kits. Yeah. So we ran an ad in Shotgun News and we sold those kits and he was like, hey, that worked out great because he sold his post on consignment. Hey, what do you think about, um, I think it was Infields next. We're like, um, okay, you know, we now have an FFL, so why not? And then it was German Makarovs. And then we were like, okay, we have to move. And so we moved into an actual physical location. And he was like, hey, yeah, I've got some Lugers and some P38s. Can you help me with that? And so this just kept going on and on. Sure. And, then the next big one was, um, hey, I bought 120 million rounds of 308 surplus. Can you guys help us with that? Yeah. And so guess what? We're now in the gun business. Right. Even though we had no intention. So we're back in the gun business. And that was in 97. Mm-hmm. I think our first website went up in 98, which was just a, you know, it was a catalog, an online catalog. That was before you could really have a shopping site. Right. So we wanted to get aim.com. But there was a product called AOL Instant Man- Messenger. <laughs> yes. That was really big at the time. <laughs> uh, so they huge. had AIM.com. Right. And so we decided, okay, we're going to be AIM Surplus. So AIMSurplus.com. We've had that URL since I think 98 and been doing it ever since. Yeah. So where are you guys located now? So we actually originally started in Waynesville. 
then moved to Middletown. Now we're in Monroe. So okay. uh, Monroe, Ohio, we're about a mile off the interstate. Mm -hmm. So it's a nice, easy for, you know, pickup for guys wanting to pick up stuff. Yeah, got it. And I mean, how did how did the process for you? I mean, since you guys had already done the gun business, then you move into the electronics, and then you basically started doing you know consignment sales for that contact. Yep. You know, at, at that point, you know, you're talking late '90s, and obviously we're we're seeing history kind of repeat itself right now. I mean, this is you know just very recently post or maybe in the middle of Clinton's assault weapons ban. And like, well, when did so you yeah, that was like during the assault weapons ban. And then, you know, even when it ended. Yeah. Um, but the lucky thing was, so my brother-in-law who started the company had such a good reputation that people were lining up to sell us stuff. They wanted to do business gotcha. with Steve. Mm -hmm. So that was really helpful. And he kind of taught me yeah. as we went and learned a lot. And then, so when he retired, I was able to step in, take over and, keep the thing going. So what are the kind of, what are the big things that people could expect if they're, if they're shopping your website or they're, or they're going into your physical location kind of, you know, what's, yeah. what's the bread and butter? So, you know, it's funny because the bread and butter changes on the market is Absolutely. like it is now. Yeah. If you went back four years ago, actually, if you went back 10 years ago, we were known for surplus ammo. Um, whether it was, you know, imported eight millimeter, seven sixty by 54 R and surplus firearms. But the way the market has changed, you just can't get it. Mm -hmm. So we started getting into ARs because I was really into ARs and still am. That's my favorite gun. And so I got us into AR parts. And so we were one of the first guys to ever be into Magpul. And Magpul blew up and that helped us blow up our accessories. For sure. And so that kind of evolved. And then, you know, we're still selling new ammo, new guns, but we started uh, bringing out our own Air 15 parts. So we market our own Air 15 bolt carrier groups, barrels, Glock slides, Glock barrels, um, you know, parts that are labeled as AIM surplus. Now we don't actually manufacture them. We go hand in hand with some manufacturers that make them for us. And we're able to kind of take out the middleman and sell them cheaper. Mm -hmm. So we do that. But the last couple of years, we've been really big into police trade-ins. Oh, really? That's what a lot of people know us for. Cause you know, we've had a lot of really cool police trade-ins from grenade launchers to gas masks, to helmets and all this stuff that once again, you know, you build relationships and we've had some friends come to us and say, hey, we've got these cool items. Will you help us? And right. we've kind of partnered with them and been able to move that. So if you go to our website, we have a really good variety. And that's what's nice about our website. We carry, you know, surplus firearms when they're available. Uh, a lot of law enforcement trade-ins, AR parts, Glock parts, new guns, new ammo, um, surplus ammo. Mm -hmm. So we just try to carry a good variety of stuff. Yeah, very good. Now, you know, I, I emailed you yesterday and I said, I hope you don't mind if I just ask you a little bit about, you know, kind of how uh, the pandemic and the upcoming election and things have kind of been, you know, impacting your business um, and uh, maybe some, I mean, considering the fact that you already were in the business, you know, during an assault weapons ban and, and previously after and before e-commerce yeah. was a big thing. I mean, are you seeing any sort of uh, deja vu moments in the market right now? For sure. And we've had these waves. I remember during the 94 assault weapons ban where literally you were sleeping at work because we were shipping so much. And, right. you know, we were working 20 hours a day. And then Y2K, that was a big oh, thing, yeah. man. Um, everybody who never even wanted to own a gun had to own a gun for right. Y2K. All the prison doors were going to magically open yes. with the computers. Said, yeah, the world was <laughs> going to crash. Zero, zero, yeah. And then, believe it or not, 9-11 was a huge event mm. for the gun business mm -hmm. because people were scared. And when people are scared, they buy guns. Yeah. And so then we had the sunsetting of the assault weapons ban in 2004. Another big wave. 
Then we had the first Obama election, another big wave. And then in 2012, uh, it was 2012, yeah, when Obama got reelected, it wasn't as big, but then we had the Newtown shooting. Right. Once again, you know, everything popped off again. So when, you know, 2016, when Trump was elected, that was a really, that was our best year of sales. Mm -hmm. So, and this is funny when people say this, but Trump has not been able to sell guns. People feel safe, I guess, and they have not been buying guns. So 2017, 18, and 19 work slower years. 2020, it's an election year. So we expected a good year. Then Corona happens. Oh, yeah. And obliterates the yes. industry. Just yes. as, as crazy as I've ever seen it. And things started to taper down. And then the riots. Right. I mean, once again, it just stirred it back up. And then now we've got the election momentum. Mm-hmm. And so it's like the perfect storm of three events that have just crushed the industry. And I would say as of today, it's as busy as I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the look at the pricing of ammo, you know, when guys are paying, we're not charging it, but you know, online I'm seeing $40 nine millimeter. Right. And it's, that's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, I, and I've told our guys, it doesn't matter what, we're just not going to go crazy with the pricing because mm-hmm. I want to keep these customers in 2021 right. Yeah. and the guys who, and I'm not naming names, but the guys who are burning guys up right now for $40 nine millimeter, people are going to remember that next year. Right. And it's a vicious cycle because if I can't get inventory, I do have to make more on the inventory when I get it. Yes. But I'm not going to do what these other guys are doing. Yeah. And that's a hard thing to be in because I mean, you, you will, you'll, you'll have competitors or other people in the market that are going to take the opportunity to gouge. But at the same time, you, you want to be there. You not only do you want them as customers next year, you Mm -hmm. want to be there for them so you can have customers next year. And it's, you know, it's funny if you're charging, you know, $70 for a box nine millimeter, how do you look that guy in the eye in six months? If things start to taper back down at $14, how do you look a customer in the eye that way? Yeah. So it is, it is a pretty crazy thing. I mean, I've, I've said it before on the show because we, you know, started this uh, blog and podcast in February. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think we got two shows in three shows in before the pandemic hit and then all the uh, events surrounding, uh, uh, everything with George Floyd and the Seattle protests and everything that's come since then. And, uh, you know, even last week we had, uh, Dan Zimmerman from the truth about guns and Sean Maloney from second call defense on just kind of talking hypotheticals about, uh, election outcomes and Mm -hmm. what it can mean for the firearms industry and community, because it's, there are going to be, it's, I'm trying to think of how to say this politely. It's not going to be an either or thing. You know what no, I mean? Because, yeah. you know, it's, as the guys were mentioning on the show last week, you know, if, you know, if Biden gets elected and he gets the Senate, or if Biden gets elected and he doesn't get the Senate, or if Trump gets reelected and we see more rioting and we, mm-hmm. which, you know, everybody is, is pretty much hypothesizing that we could see, uh, you know, even, even more riots and demonstrations and, and things yeah. like that, which again, uptick the, you know, uptick the sales, uptick the traffic into these yeah. stores. Um, and as restrictions on physical in-person shopping start being lifted from, you know, Corona, then you have, you know, even more, you know, kind of footsteps in. Um, but one thing that goes along with that is, as you've probably seen, you know, they really released data about a month ago, you know, 
the sales spike in new firearms owners has uh-huh. been tremendous. I think the total number of background checks in all of 2019, we had already hit by July of 2020. Yeah. Um, I mean, what what was that like for, for you guys when you started seeing all these, these new firearms owners so come in? So it's funny that when things went crazy, um, so end of March, mm-hmm. uh, me and another guy from work were at a gun class in Chicago. We were actually about an hour above Chicago. And so while we we're gone for the weekend, we decided, hey, we're going to go visit some of these gun shops. And we walked into a really big gun shop in Chicago. And a guy was in there saying, I need to buy a shotgun. They're like, well, what kind of shotgun? I don't care. Yeah. Okay, what gauge do you want? I don't care. I just want something for An protection. available one. Yeah. And they're like, okay, you know, and the guy was like, you know, can I just walk out with it right now? They're like, no, you have to do a background check. Hmm. What? That's not what I've heard on the news. Right. And, he, and even, you know, we were getting emails like, I just want to buy a gun and ship it to my house. Mm-hmm. We're like, well, we can't do that. And they're like, no, that's, I've heard you can just buy it on yeah, the internet. I heard on 60 Minutes. Yeah, and we're like, no, <laughs> yeah. we, we have had to explain that, you know, over and over. And and people who are buying, you know, they bought a nine millimeter and they're buying nine millimeter Macrob ammo and they don't yeah. know the difference. Right. Um, or they bought a 45 ACP and they're buying 45 gap ammo because they don't know. Mm-hmm. So it's been, um, there's been a lot of education mm-hmm. and, you know, telling people about, you know, hey, we're going to help you get the right item, but we need to get more info. Uh, we've had a lot of people who just say, well, my gun says Glock. What what caliber do I need? Yeah. My we're like, well, we're going to need some more info. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But it's it's been it's been interesting. And the new buyers is great because I think what it does for the 2A community is it sets us up for, you know, having more people on our side. Absolutely. And I, I think that even if, a, you know, Biden gets elected and let's say he gets the Senate, it's going to be really tough for him to get anything passed mm-hmm. because there's a lot of your Midwestern midline voters who, you know, yes, they're going to vote Democrat, but they're not really in favor of gun control. Right. And, yeah. you know, in some of the other policies. And so I, I personally think that Biden right now is running, you know, with this super leftist agenda, but I don't think that's truly where he feels. And I think he's doing it just to get the Bernie supporters and to look that way. I think that we're going to be safe because of, I think he's a little more right than what he's claiming to be. Mm-hmm. And I do think we have so many more customers now and more people on the 2A you know, community. Right. And I mean, we were talking last week. That's why what's just as important and in some ways even more important uh, than just getting your ballot, just checking president, vice president, and mm-hmm. ignoring everything else yeah. is really paying attention to the local and state elections For that sure. are happening in your area because, you know, these things are kind of the the safeguards, if you will. It's kind mm-hmm. of the the one last shield between uh, between the federal government and, and what your day-to-day life is is like. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. I think I was in 12th grade government. My government teacher said, when you're in an election, mm-hmm. You see people that will, you know, uh, they will platform far right. They will platform far left because, but everybody's really about here. Correct. You know, here's moderate middle and everybody's just right of middle or just left of middle. But by the time they get into office, we even look at Trump, you know, in 2016, we thought, Hey, we're going to repeal the NFA and we're going to, you know, do all these things. And in reality, Trump has pushed more gun legislation, well, not legislation, but more gun control that Obama ever accomplished. Mm. We thought he was going to be way over here. In reality, he was more towards the middle. Yeah. And I, I think that's a huge thing, a huge thing to keep in mind because there are scary things about it. I mean, if you, if you go to the issue, the official 
issues pages uh, for the Biden Harris campaign. Um, you know, again, recommend people look at our show from last week, but pushing things like universal background check and registration and, uh, you know, kind of lingering inklings of, you know, assault weapons ban uh, part two, um, even to the point of addressing the shortfallings of the first assault weapons ban. Mm -hmm. And we've seen it with people we work with in the industry, you know, whether it be media folks or reviewers or whatever, you know, if we send stuff out to our friends at Pew Pew Tactical in California, I mean, now, Strangely enough, they got the whole magazine issue going on. That that came out of left field. But, you know, when you send things out to them, it's like, okay, is is this compliant for here and there? And and I think you're exactly right on opening up the two way community to more people. And I think this is this is a kind of a twofold opportunity. One is you do get more people that are voting a little more like minded and want to protect those two way rights, because now they have established a felt need. Uh Whereas if you looked at poll data um, from five, six years ago, there were a lot of people in the United States that said, no, I'm not against owning a gun. I just don't own one. Right. Like I haven't felt a need or maybe I might get one or I just wasn't really brought up with guns. But a mm-hmm. lot of it kind of fell back to, you know, there was no felt need. Right. And then all of a sudden you're hearing things about the defund the police movement and you're seeing all the resources mm-hmm. that it takes to control rioting. Um, and then just the scrutiny, a lot of, you know, other kind of pieces of this are under and releasing prisoners from jail during COVID. Yep. And it was just like, OK, now the felt need, you know, the felt need is here. But the other piece that you mentioned too, is the education side. And I mean, we as brands and businesses could do as much education as we want, but Mm -hmm. there's going to be a point where a new gun owner is nervous, scared, embarrassed, and is going to start asking questions. Everybody here on staff, I believe has gotten at least (laughs) one to 20 phone calls from the random friend being like, that's what I was going to ask you. If you'd got everybody you've ever met on Facebook coming after you're like, Hey, what do I do? No, you're in the gun business. Yeah. And and like you said, like uh, (laughs) this says Glock, what bullets does it take? You know? And, and I think we got to be careful because there, there is a, um, kind of a underlying current, especially in firearm social media, where you like to make fun of people and you like to belittle people for not knowing something Mm -hmm. or even for having a different favorite pistol grip than you do, you know? And I think at this time you got to go, okay, what is legitimate black and white objective fact and what is subjective preference and being able to, because the last thing you want to do is alienate the people that are coming into the community that frankly are going to be the ones that are going to help you keep, mm-hmm. you know, these two A rights, regardless of election outcome. Well, one of the things we saw after Y2K, because if you remember, if you had no interest in firearms, you needed a firearm for this apocalypse that was coming. And so guys were buying guns that weren't gun guys. And on the flip side, in 2000, we had a slowdown because all those people who bought so much taking it to the gun shows and selling it for 50 cents on the dollar because you didn't need it. Mm -hmm. And we didn't keep a lot of those, you know, buyers. So on this run, we need to make sure we keep these customers. And that's why I hate when a guy, you know, he he goes and buys, you know, one of your handguns and I can't sell him the ammo because if he doesn't shoot it, he's not going to get sucked into the fun of shooting. I mean, yeah, I do shooting for fun. And that's like my big stress relief. Every Saturday morning I go to the range at 9 a.m shoot for a couple hours. And that's what I do as a stress relief. I don't play golf. 
Right. And I think a lot of these other guys, we need to get them shooting and shooting and enjoying it because that's how we're going to keep them. Yeah. Well, and that's that's a, a a key founding principle of facts and firearms. You know, Bob and Barry always talk about, you know, they believe in the fellowship of firearms, mm-hmm. you know, of what it brings. I mean, there's obviously your family had family yep. bonds over it, even on the business side. But, you know, there is a familial piece. There's a there's a science. There's an engineering. There's the recreation um, there's the competitive sports that you could do, you mm-hmm. know, whether it's multi-gun or whatever that you like to get into. There, There is so much more to it. And I think at least um, what numbers tell us is more and more new gun owners are realizing, hey, like these people aren't just a whole bunch of wannabe weekend soldiers, right. you know, that are just looking for the first opportunity of confrontation. Yep. Yep. I've always said my the the best day for any gun owner is when they don't have to draw it in self-defense. Correct. You know, this is only coming out for sport, recreation, learning, yep. bonding, uh, those those types of things. I, I am interested, though, in the whole Y2K bit, because obviously then uh, if, if I know it's hard to hard to believe that, uh, you know, social media didn't exist. AIM was all you had. Right. We AIM were there. Instant Messenger, yep. And yep. you were you were there for that. I'm just uh, I'm intrigued that y- you saw um, an uptick with what was then what we felt was like, oh, 24-hour news cycle, cable TV, yeah. and you that's know, where all this the sort of stuff. boom was born. Sure. The prepper boom was born in Y2K. Um, I knew a guy who was an executive who had never been camping in his life, but bought all the survival gear, had a whole basement, I mean, a huge basement full, ready for the world to end. Yeah. And the day it didn't, he was like, I don't camp. Well, I got all this bottled water. I don't shoot. I don't camp. And I got us a whole basement. That guy had spent probably $20,000 getting ready. And that, you know, on January 2nd, he's like, hmm, what am I going to do now? I remember thinking like, there's no way this is going to happen, but I still had like nerves about it, you know? And I remember sitting in the basement mm-hmm. at my computer going, I wonder what will happen if I just set the calendar to mm-hmm. one, one, 2000 or, you know, that sort of thing. And like the right up to the buildup of Dick Clark counting down yeah. to, from 10, I'm like, Oh yeah. gosh, is this going to happen? Then I was like thinking, well, wait a minute on the other side of the world, it's already the first, their prisons didn't massively open up mm-hmm. and bank accounts didn't go to zero, but the, it's the same thing. These people experienced a felt need. Yeah. And then that was why when Corona happened, so I told you a story, I was in um, Chicago. That was when they shut down the restaurants here in Ohio and said there was a curfew and all that stuff. Yeah. And we were all, you know, there was 10 of us in Chicago that were from Cincinnati. They were like, man, is this going to be like Road Warrior going home? You yeah. Know, what's going to happen? Because people are talking about certain states were turning you away at the border. Mm-hmm. We're like, man, we've got to go through Illinois and Indiana to get to Ohio What's going to happen? There was a lot of people scared, including us. Of course, we were at a gun class, so we had we were loaded up for there anyway. <laughs> yeah, you're ready to travel. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there was a lot of people who were just buying because they just didn't know what was going to happen. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, that can, I think that could be the scariest part. I mean, this is this is something that I always kind of um, have to notate when I say it on air, but. We really are, as firearms manufacturers, resellers, distributors, for most of the population, we sell luxury items. Correct. You know, these yeah. are not, uh, this is not food, water, shelter. Yep. 
Um, you know, it's not tuition, it's, it's not clothing. And so as much as these, you know, guns have been a big part of our lives, as much as, uh, they are, you know, a, a need in some variety. I mean, unless you're, unless you're solely selling to people in the great white North of Canada who live nowhere near a mm -hmm. city that need to make sure they're protected from grizzly bears every yep. day or whatever, you know, this is not something that we necessarily, you know, use on a, on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, that would make it a, a necessity item. I mean, these are luxury items. You, you look but interesting on that note. So this somebody who's been in this industry forever, you know, at aim for now, 24 years, and then SOG before that, the gun industry does not get affected by the economy, right? Economy could tank. The yes. gun industry is not affected because when people are scared, mm -hmm. and that's what happens when the economy tanks, they buy guns. Yeah. They're looking for something to make them feel safe. Right. And so that's why we've always been economy proof. Right. Now, what we're not, you know, safe from as the industry is anytime there's a huge spike, you're going to have a huge dip. Yeah. So, you know, we know coming, there's going to be a big dip in sales. That's it's just going to happen because people are going to say, listen, I spent my gun money budget for two years in a six mm -hmm. month span. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, the economy has really never affected us as an industry. Right. And so that's what I mean. Like when, when you're talking about, you know, being kind of a, a, a luxury item, I put it in that caveat in the sense that it doesn't, uh, I don't want to put this cause I know some people are like, no, this is a need. Yeah. I need my food, water and my guns. And like, I get that. And, and we do, at least most people in the two way community, you have it for a felt need and yeah. thus you don't see it as a luxury item, at least most of them, but for the day to day, uh, you know, and how they fit in the marketplace. If you mm -hmm. do look at your, even your e-commerce numbers, yeah, just look at the stats of the people who are, uh, to income households, uh, what they make, what the demographic is. And it's always eye-opening when we run all of our data, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and we'll hold it up to our social media stats and we'll hold it up to our uh, publishing yep. numbers for the podcast. And you go, you know, most of the people who are buying the most of the stuff is, is not the stereotype that gets portrayed. Correct. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's way more diverse and affluent, uh -huh. um, than, than people might recognize. That doesn't mean for a minute that nobody in lower income areas or who fit the, you know, the, the stereotype of, of the media of a gun owner doesn't exist. I mean, we're both white dudes sitting here talking about it, right? Uh -huh. But at the same time, if you look at all the numbers in totality, yeah. uh, you start going, gosh, you know, there are some very diverse, affluent, you mm -hmm. know, you know, populations in this industry. So two interesting things I've heard is some of the gun shops talking about, you know, you got to remember the other side here of the rioting that the Antifa members are the ones buying a lot of these guns because it's like, hey, if the other side's going to be armed, we need to be armed also. Mm -hmm. We don't see that so much in Cincinnati, mm -hmm. but in a lot of states you're seeing that. Uh, but I've also talked to a lot of people who are doing gun shows and you know, people commenting like, you know, I can't believe that guy just paid $50 for a nine millimeter. Mm -hmm. And the guy with the box says, well, my, my protection's worth $50. Right. And they don't know what it cost six months ago. They don't know yes. that $50 is crazy. Yeah, it's, it's the damage market it like, value. Right, if, yeah. if $50 is gonna save my life, you know, why not? Yeah. And they're also not looking at it like, I'm going to go shoot this whole box of ammo tomorrow. 
This mm-hmm. is for my protection. Right. And so, you know, it, it's just a crazy situation we're in right now. Yeah. It's, it, for the industry, it's it's kind of wild. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, and it has dipped into some of the lifestyle things that you've talked about because, you know, you do it for, you know, you go target shooting for fun mm-hmm. or you do all these things. And I know that uh, Kurt and John here, they yeah. they used to go to Friday Night Steel together. And I don't mm-hmm. think either, <laughs> either of them yeah. have been for months because it's like, Ugh, I don't, I'll pay $50 for a box of ammo to protect myself, but not to just, you know, yeah. go, go ring some steel. So, you know, on that there's a USPSA match Sunday uh, that I'm going to go to in Miamisburg. And, you know, last year it was sold out day one, but this year it's like, Oh, instead of that 75 cap, we're seeing 50 shooters and 60 shooters because guys just don't want to spend the money. Yeah. Um, which I, I get, you know, that's, I'm one of the guys who's had all this ammo built up in my basement. So for me, I haven't had to buy it at new pricing. I've been able to dip into the old stash. Right. Yeah. Definitely. And that's what you see when people are talking about, Oh, I can't believe people stockpile. And I was like, well, yes, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's, a, there's also an economical reason. It's not just, you know, you're, yeah. you're gearing up for Armageddon. Well, you know, when I built ours, I bought an old house, this is probably 2012. Uh, we bought a house and it was a lot bigger than where mm-hmm. what we had before. And so we didn't have furniture. And I'm not one of those guys who's just going to charge up furniture. You know, right. I'll, I'll pay cash when I can. And that was during an election cycle that I was looking in my basement. I'm looking at all this American Eagle 223. Yeah. Thinking, you know, that's worth probably three times what I, you know, bought this for. And I ended up furnishing our house and selling ammo yeah. I had. Yeah. Um, and it worked out. But It's like the same guys who do it with cars. You know, yeah. we got a bunch of guys here that, you know, build up cars and mm-hmm. sell them and trade and do racing. Yeah. It's this. It's the same thing. It's yeah. like that old uh, that old Craigslist challenge where you start mm-hmm. for a dollar and you try to yeah. try to trade and buy and sell, work, yeah. work your way up. But obviously we could talk about that sort of stuff for hours. But uh, Brian, for the people who are interested in learning more about AIM or they want to shop your site, where could they find more info about you? So our website is www.aimsurplus.com. Uh, we're on Facebook under AIM Surplus, Twitter on AIM Surplus, Instagram AIM Surplus. Um, we don't have a, you know, OnlyFans or whatever that's called. <laughs> I don't have a Snapchat. <laughs> no, but, OnlyFans. Uh, no OnlyFans. No MySpace. Uh, yeah, no MySpace uh, anymore. No Instant Messenger anymore. No, no, AIM. no. You know, we actually had to do a lot of phone calls for AOL Instant Messenger during that early time. Oh, because they just saw AIM. AIM and they would call us and it was constantly, yeah, I can't figure out this and this. And at first our guys were like, hey, call this number. Yeah. And then by the end of it, they're like, oh, click this, do that. <laughs> Control out the lead, yeah. restart the program. Then when we moved to Middletown, we started getting calls for arts in Middletown was also AIM. Yeah. And I was like, man, we just moved and now we're getting a new rash of- You just had the most popular bad, acronym yeah, for this. These bad phone calls. <laughs> and we do get- People looking for AIM Sports. Yeah. And we're like, no, we're not the same company. And and AIM Sports actually contacted us and said, hey, why don't you carry our stuff? And I was like, you realize I've been getting all your customer service questions for the last couple of years. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I exactly. Don't I don't need that traffic. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Brian, thank you so much for joining us again. Make sure you check out aimsurplus.com and follow all their social handles. Uh, all of their information will be in the show notes this week. You can find that at factsandfirearms.com slash blog. Click on episode 37. So thank you again. Awesome. Thank you. 
You know, it's no secret that the things that you keep in your gun safe are important. They're valuable. They're things that you want, you need, you need to hold on to, whether it's just your firearms and supplies, or I know a lot of people like to use their gun safes to hold things like tax returns and other important documents, family photos. All of those things are incredibly important. And to help keep better track of it and better maintenance on those items, Lockdown has a series of devices and utilities and tools to help keep those things that you treasure safe. One of my personal favorites that we actually use here in the office quite a bit uh, around our storage for cameras and lighting and things like that is just one of their dehumidifiers. Now they have lots of other stuff. You may have already heard of the golden rod. You've heard a lot of stuff about the lockdown puck, uh, which is a smart device to help keep your gun drawer, your safe, your tools, even your wine cellar safe uh, and checking up on the humidity and the atmosphere in those places as well. We did a great episode with Lockdown several weeks back that you could check out at factsandfirearms.com slash blog, where we go through pretty much their entire product line and everything from the Lockdown Puck to dehumidifiers to even things like, you know, storage, rack shelving, things of that variety, keeping your safe, keeping your gun room clean, organized and protected. And you can even get something like this, one of their room or gun safe dehumidifiers. If you're looking to organize that space in your home, again, whether it's for your gun safe or just anything that you hold valuable, we'd recommend you go to lockdown.com. Hi, and welcome back to another installment of Jay's World of Eats. This week, uh, the segment is brought to you by our friends at Wheeler Tools. We're going to be giving away one of these 89-piece deluxe uh, professional gunsmithing screwdriver sets. Uh, very a very great set. We've given away one of these before. We have a couple of them here uh, with our assembly guys. And we even have a set here in the office that I just fixed the stool I'm sitting on with. They got all sorts of interesting bits. Yeah. You know, those, those bits for all those, uh, bizarro things that you don't know how to, uh, yeah. Fasten. I, I think that's the biggest thing. And they, you know, they specifically size them as you'll see on, on the back of the package. Uh, you know, to make sure that they fit in the screw head properly, you know, or the bolt head properly. Yeah. So you're not, you know, scratching up your gun or, you know, stripping out the screw head or whatever. So uh, very cool. Wheeler, right. thank you uh, so much for this. And you could find information about how to enter at faxandfirearms.com slash blog. Click on episode 37. And uh, but you don't get the tumbler. That's just mine. Uh, and then in the spirit of giveaways, don't forget that we are in our haunt giveaway right now. So a custom FX-19 Hellfire done uh, done up in lockdown colors. The green glows in the dark. Which Very spooky. Does it glow in the dark, dark or I does it glow under UV? Under UV light. Of, okay. of light. Right. And... Uh, Anyway, so that contest is open uh, for uh, a few more days, so make sure you get your entries in for that. You can find all the information at factsandfirearms.com. Uh, great prize pack for that as well. Hmm. So, well, Dustin. So I walked into your office before I set up here, and as you, if you've been watching the show for a while, you know we've been kind of going back and forth to do the 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 chair setup. Do we yeah. do the table? I'm like, you know, I think we need to 
do it per the snack. And uh, yeah, right. when you showed me this, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to get the table out. Why don't you tell, tell <laughs> the, the good folks? The snack determines our layout. The <laughs> snack determines the layout. That's Man, right. That's uh, an important. Yeah, it's, yeah. It really drives the segment. <laughs> this is important stuff. That's you right. Know? What do we got? We have a can of Yoder's bacon. Yoder's, I think, is like the Amish equivalent of like general mills or you know some sort of like like amish mega corp uh Uh, but it's got a special uh camo label on it so you know it means serious business Um, it's made to be eaten in the woods it made to be eaten in the woods uh the camo is a little dangerous because you could easily lose your can of bacon in the woods whilst in the woods (laughs) you know that would be tragic can you imagine can you imagine being like at like boy scout camp or something and some kids running around i can't find my bacon i can't find my camo bacon Where does one come across a can of bacon? Well, one gets a can of bacon from their father for Christmas. Um, Uh, But uh, it seems as though, based on the little aftermarket label on the top, that he bought this from some sort of sketchy survivalist website. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. Yeah, right. (laughs) Right. Wonderful. uh, (laughs) Thanks, Dad. Yeah, that's, you know, canned meat. That is... uh, (laughs) I love canned meat, Dustin. You've told me you're a fan of Spam. Uh, I am a huge fan of Spam. I probably eat Spam uh, once a week. Um, you know, Spam fried rice, uh, Spam sushi. Uh, the Hawaiians do it. It's like, a, oh, they call yeah, it a, yeah. like masubi or something. The only reason I know that is because I watched 50 First Dates. Remember that? I the never saw Drew it. Barrymore, Adam Sandler rom-com. Yeah, I remember the, what it was. I yes, just never saw lots it. Lots of spam references. Really? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Spam's delicious. You know, it's it's a great breakfast meat. You know, you can like <laughs> toast it up. It gets nice and crispy. It's salty. You know, it's... uh. The, uh, why don't you go ahead and open that up while you're opening well, it up? While I'm opening. When it comes to canned meats and like the whole thing, I remember where we used to live, lived in a small town and there was a, a, uh, a taco restaurant opening up, which I was stoked about. Yeah. What I did not know, um, before it opened was that it was a vegan taco restaurant How disappointing. And, uh, so i go in there and order and i'm like why is chicken spelled with a q you know like that's that's, that's what this makes me think it's like spam so disappointing. meat in a can so this is supposedly real bacon so uh i don't know what this is uh <laughs> it looks as though there is uh looks like it's full of a garbage bunch bags of paper with some bacon protruding from it. So uh, uh, you could definitely smell it. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely smell it. Smells um canned bacony. It is in there. I don't know if I'm doing the right thing here. You know, spam it helps if you pop a hole on the bottom of the can. Uh-huh. You know, but I don't think this is like suctioned, suctioned in, in there. I think this is uh Maybe just like a yank sort of. And you know this is a real review when we don't even know how to open it. We don't even know how to open it. We don't know. Man, there we go. Okay, I could already see all kinds of like gelatinous <laughs> stuff on the paper. 
I don't know if this is meat fat or salt. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. There's some bacon fat in the bottom of there. You looking at the this bottom of this thing? Okay. All right. This is cooked bacon. Do we have napkins? I have a napkin. Look at how much bacon there is. It says net weight nine ounces. This is incredible. Oh, uh, wow. Five bucks says you put that in the lunchroom, it'll be gone I'm before really second shift impressed. starts. I am really pretty impressed with Look this at all Dustin. that bacon. No wonder you had trouble getting it out Man. of there. Man, this thing, uh, this thing looks sort of legit, Dustin. Yeah, you know. What's the packing date on this can? Because <laughs> you said you got it for Christmas. You know, canned food is like good for years. It's good for decades. Yeah, I know, this but I like, want to know how many decades. It's camouflaged. I don't think any sort of uh, microbes can find it. <laughs> Unless there are microbes when they packed it. There is. Looks pretty good. There is no packing date. On Tastes that. like um. Tastes like Subway bacon. Maybe this is Subway <laughs> bacon. It might be. I mean, it tastes like real bacon. Very thin, but you know. I mean, I can see why this would be like a camp food. You know? God, there's a ton of it. What am I going to do with all this bacon? I'm telling you, take it to the lunchroom. <laughs> oh, you're right. I'm not sharing this bacon. <laughs> Crazy, just gonna stash it in <laughs> your like desk gold. <laughs> well, now I've uncanned it. You know, now the clock is running. Mm -hmm. Nope, no packing date on here either. <laughs> good, we're good then. How old, how old is this bacon? I do get weirded out about preserved meats, even like frozen stuff. I even get a little weird, like you know, even if it's if, if it was like. You pack it up and freeze it a week before the sell-by date. I still get weird about thawing stuff out and cooking it. Like, that is such emergency food for me. Like, I don't, I don't know what the deal is, but... See, I don't I don't take sell-by dates um, seriously at all. Mm. That is not something that, that I believe in. So what would keep you from eating something if the date means nothing to you? Color? Smell. I mean, it would have to really, really be noticeably wrong. <laughs> noticeably <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, it, there is not much that keeps me from eating things. Uh, <laughs> it has to really, like, obviously be bad. Well, in the vein of not eating things, uh, we did get a package last week after after filming. Oh, God, I was going to bring in the, the oh, little boxes. I saved the boxes. Oh, you saved the boxes? All right, well, bring them in after we're done recording. Yeah, I'll bring them in. You can put a in. picture up. Yeah, yeah I'll right. cut it in. The, uh, we received an anonymous mail. Yeah, yeah, thank uh, you very little. Uh, with, uh, with, with bug food in it. Food yeah, made of bugs. There were... Uh, Chocolate dipped crickets, uh, some sort of bacon cheddar cricket, I think, mm -hmm. and then some sort of mealworm. I can't get behind the mealworm. That's worm. disgusting. Mealworms just look like, you know, what's the? Oh, it looks like maggot larva. You know, it's just I, like so. Gross. I really hate whoever sent that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> whoever did it. We're tracing you now. We know forensic scientists. I did not eat any of them, although. Um, Pickle and Robbie each ate a chocolate-covered cricket. Yeah. 
And then Philip, uh, who is part of the lathe cell on the floor, ate all of the rest of it. Yeah. Good on you, Philip, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I just. Uh, That's disgusting. It's 2020. We live in a nice area in a developed city. They sell canned bacon. Why are we eating bucks, Why when, are there's we eating bucks bacon? when there's canned bacon? When there is canned bacon <laughs> to be had. I, I am horrified. Whoever sent that, I hate you. As always, you can. Uh, if you want to send us some uh, food. Uh, to eat on air, we won't eat bugs. Mm. Uh, maybe we'll bring in Philip or Pickle if we get a lot of bugs in. Uh, they could eat it and tell us what it's like, and we'll just live vicariously. But you could email us podcast at factsonfirearms.com uh, and we'll get you the information you need need for that. I think we can tag Yoders on these posts, or sure. do they not have social media accounts? I that's don't know how that question. works. Yeah, there's, that's a great question. You know, speaking of the Amish, though, speaking of speaking of what I like, uh, we we have a couple of areas of the state that are, you know, deemed Amish country, you yeah. know, and and uh, there's uh, one big kind of area of Amish country here um, up north called Holmes County. Yeah. I don't know if you've been up there, but they have like the cheese barns and all that kind mm, of stuff. Cheese barns. Or like where you go through and like you sample cheeses with the little disposable toothpicks and all that jazz. Oh, yeah. You just walk through and as you walk through, you grab the cheese that you like and put it in your bag. And you walk out with like $95 in cheese and you're like, I'm not, and it's all crazy stuff. Like, right. yeah, you got your cheddars, you got your monsters, you got your Swisses. Yeah. But then you also get like yogurt cheese and mm. stuff with vegetables in it, yeah. stuff that tastes fruity, you yeah. know, like a, like a blueberry kind of cream cheesy type thing. Mm. But I always love that Sounds is good. such, I mean, whether or not they use social media marketing. That is an excellent <laughs> marketing technique. We're going to feed you oh, all this yeah. and you can't get out of line. You go through the whole thing to get to the end. Even if you're going to sample, you are eventually going to walk past the cash register right. and you just load this stuff up as you're walking by. You know, every year Jungle Gyms has a cheese fest mm. and June and I always go and it's just like, you know, maybe like a hundred different cheese vendors, all of these tables with samples all over it. Yeah. It's great. Oh, that is fantastic. Yeah, it's it's great. It's great. Is it all up to temp for you? It is all up to temp because they are professional cheese servers, uh -huh. Dustin. They're not some oh. amateurs who are taking it mm. straight out of the fridge. Love my refrigerated cheese. The colder, oh, the better. God. Unless it's smelted on something. <laughs> Something about like the film and like when the corners get hard, it just freaks me out. I can't do it. Maybe you could take that and put it in, put some warm cheese, wrap the, the bacon around it. I don't know why I'm doing all this hand signal. I'm really into this canned bacon. This is great. How about this? How about you call me in about an hour and uh, <laughs> you, you let me know how it's, uh, how it's settling for you. I'm about to eat. Nine ounces of canned bacon. And What's the sitting? serving size? Three question. slices. Mm. I think Three I'm on number six. Okay, so that is 60 calories per mm. serving. Yeah. Five grams of fat, two grams of saturated fat, 15 uh, milligrams of cholesterol. Want to guess your sodium intake on that bad boy? It doesn't. Sodium's good for you. 
Great. Do you want to guess your That's <laughs> fantastic. Are you trying to raisin yourself? Mm. Come on. What do you think? Mm. Per serving. Three slices. Think like it. You know, probably 50% of my my daily daily intake. Not 50, surprisingly enough. It is 190 milligrams, which is still quite a bit that of salt. Means. That's 8% Eight percent. That's 2, nothing. That's diet. jump change. <laughs> jump Salt change. Me up. Yeah. <laughs> Salt's good for you. I'm like a water pill in here. You know. <sighs> All right. Let's hear it. Salt. I don't have, ki- I don't have kidney problems. Uh huh. Salt's an electrolyte. It's good for you. People don't eat enough salt. You need to add salt. People add don't. some more. Unless you have kidney problems or, you know, doctor, blah, 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 blah. Or yeah, if you're taking in a lot of salt in general. I mean, <sighs> you can't get too much. Jay, if you wake up in the morning and you have your spam sushi and you have your crazy big thing of ramen for lunch and you top it off with that for a snack, you might shrivel up. These are right? all good for you, Dustin, <laughs> including this bacon fat, this canned bacon fat. I like how it looks like sprinkles. And the bacon, the the fat. Look, look yeah, in the bottom of this great. can. It's really encouraging. They're very encouraging. Man. All right. Zach and I are just going to sit in the office and finish off this can today. And Jay keeps his office really hot. So it's going to be hot, Ooh, yeah. smelling like warm bacon. And uh, sounds great. And maybe it's a good thing you guys are close to the AED out there. That's so good. That's a good thing. Uh, and don't forget that uh, this uh, installment of Jay's World of Eats is brought to you by mm-hmm. our friends at Wheeler Tools. Enter to win the 89-piece mm-hmm. deluxe professional gunsmithing screwdriver set. Again, factsandfirearms.com slash blog. Click on episode 37 uh, for all the ways to enter. And while you're there, don't forget to enter in the Haunt giveaway for a custom FX-19 and a whole lot more. Uh, again, you could just go to factsandfirearms.com and that will pop up for you. Uh, but make sure you get all your daily entries in on that. And uh, our friends over at Yoders, if uh, you are... <laughs> if you have social media accounts. If you have social media. If you media, have the internet. If you have the interwebs, uh, mm. apparently... You have a spokesperson for Absolutely. your for your camo bacon. I am going to laugh if they write <laughs> us back and say we haven't made that in ten years. <laughs> like, uh, entirely possible. Uh, very entirely possible. <laughs> entirely possible. All right. Well, thanks, Jay. Looking forward to next time. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> I think their product headline says it best: "Ring steel, not your ears." If you haven't checked out uh, episode twenty-seven of the Facts and Blog and Podcast, we actually spoke uh, to Jared from Caldwell Shooting about some of their uh, extensive line of hearing protection and accessories. One of the things that they sent out to us was a set of their Emax Shadows. And the nice thing about the Emax Shadows is not only are they excellent ear protection for the range or for training, or even when you're just mowing your lawn or working with power tools, uh, but they also are a Bluetooth headset. So if you're into earbuds and power beats and AirPods and all that kind of thing, you can still get great stereo sound, 
dual microphones and device control, all right here from the shadows. And again, when you use those foam tips, uh, you also get a 25 dB noise reduction rating as well. So if you're out on the range all day, you're working on a project in the garage, you wanna listen to music, you still need to take calls, that sort of thing, no need to be taken on and off the giant muffs. You could just have a pair of shadows in and you can find these over at caldwellshooting.com. And don't forget to check out our whole episode about hearing protection with Caldwell at factsandfirearms.com slash blog. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We have some other great shows coming up. Uh, Phil Schreier, one of the senior curators from the NRA Firearms Museum is going to be on with us next week. We are going to start a look back at the history of American firearms beginning with the American Revolution. Uh, so make sure that you uh, mark your calendars for next Friday to see Phil and uh, see some of the images and some of the great resources that the NRA Museum has has uh, for historical firearms. Also the week after that, Sean Maloney is going to be back on with special guest uh, Sheriff Richard Jones uh, from Butler County. You heard us talking about him a little bit on episode 36. Uh, you've probably seen Sheriff Jones, even if you don't live in Southern Ohio, you've probably seen him on the news, uh, both uh, state, local, national, uh, CNN even. And uh, we are very excited to talk to him in a firearms and the election part two episode. So again, a great couple of shows coming up for you. So make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcasting or video app. And uh, don't forget to leave us a, a like, a rate, a review. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. As always, if you have questions for the show, suggestions, or even topic ideas, please feel free to email us at podcast at factsandfirearms.com. Before we leave today, we will uh, sign off with our Guardian Purchase Program tutorial. And as always, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time. We want to extend our deepest gratitude to military, police, first responders, and more by saying thank you with special pricing and discounts on all facts and products. Here's how you get started. First, you'll head on over to our website, factsandfirearms.com. From there, you'll want to click support and guardian purchase program in the dropdown. Then you'll see the instructions on how to get started. So let's just walk through those. First, you'll want to register for an account on our website. If you've already bought something from us on our website before, then this part's already taken care of. Second, you'll want to send a copy of your credentials or some reasonable verification of affiliation to customer service at factionfirearms.com. We get a lot of emails where people are like, hey, will this count? Will this ID count? Will this VA card count? Chances are, yes, a lot of them will count, but make sure you attach an image or a copy of that verification to the email before you even ask customer service. That way they can expedite the process for you. As soon as the account has been created or updated, we will send you an email letting you know that you're ready to go. The discount will be available anytime online when you go to your shopping cart. If you have any more questions, please email customer service at factsandfirearms.com. Hi and welcome. Hi and welcome. The Facts and Blog and Podcast.